Hello and welcome to episode 701 of the Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, June 6th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, how goes it? It goes. It is the start of the season. I am super excited. I cannot wait. First softball game of the year. Oh, dude. I am very jealous. Um, tonight, then? Tonight. Or was it last yeah, night? Tonight. tonight. Oh, dude. So it is opening day, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, I haven't been on, I haven't been on the field in a minute, so my team started to break up a little bit. And my, you, you know, Paul Costava, so he was uh, he was here. He moved back to New York, and then um, our uh, the the couple that because his co-ed team that headed up the team they moved as well, and so I kind of started to drift from the team, and so I haven't really been picking up as much, and I miss it, man. I love getting out there, just throwing the ball around, taking some hacks. So hopefully you go yard tonight. I know you've got that. Uh, you, you got that batting average on lock, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm an on base percentage guy for sure. I, uh, you're uh, you're all about uh, making sure that you you find the green. You take walks, don't you? Hell yeah, I do. I, I knew in, it. In my I, league, I, it's I it's a co-ed league, so uh, in order for them, you you have to bat so they don't guy. cheese around you. Yeah, you, you guys get a double for uh, for a yeah. walk. Um, so yeah, if they're not going to pitch it to me. Uh, for sure. I, I take a walk. I, I have no yeah, shame. Yeah, that's fair. And, and, you know, like I said, I play co-ed too, and, and thankfully we don't see that. You see a new team coming in the league every once in a while, and they would try some BS like that. It's like, we, we don't play like that. And the beauty is, you know, uh, these girls will rip you. I, I, I always loved when, when a team would underestimate someone on our, on, on our team and be like, oh, you know, let's not face so-and-so here and face this girl. She smacks a double in the gap. Like, oh, oh, we didn't mention she played three years in college. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Were we supposed to turn in resumes? Because I didn't think we had to, and, and you just got burnt there. So, well, and Mrs. Uh, anyway. D, Mrs. D making her uh, premiere for the first time in like three or four seasons. Oh, so, this is. So this should be fun. This is great news. Okay, well. Maybe I could convince Jen to get out there too, because I thought I was like, you, you know, you don't have to be great. We're out here having fun. No, it's, it's all fun. Uh, exactly. I, mean, I take exactly. it super seriously, but I shouldn't. So do I. Yeah. But like, I, you know, if Jen went over four every day, I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't be mad at her. I take my own performance seriously. But anyway. We got a lot of performances to take seriously, not just our own. So we're going to dive right into it. A little bit of a different episode today. I just don't see a whole bunch of news that we really need to get into. So uh, as promised, we are going to cover some of your biggest gripes with my SP rankings. But we're going to start with a little bit of a check-in on, on four key players. And and they're not all down, but it, it's kind of a three-down, one-up. And even the one-up is a is a little bit weird. And so I, I did an arbitrary endpoint of, of since May 1st, but you really could just kind of start to the, – the idea is looking over their whole season and kind of seeing where they've gone, where they're at, and and, and where they're going to go. So let's just start with David Dahl. He's kind of the weird one here because he is he is performing. Now he has like a 9,000 BABIP. I think it's a, a career high. He actually broke the BABIP record. Um, <laughs> people didn't think that you could go above a, a thousand. You know, it's like, well, you get a hit every time you put it in a play. No, he has a, uh, a 9,000 BABIP. He actually does. No, it's 457, though. It's been insane. Uh, now he's kind of known, you know, when he first hit the ground running in 2016, he had a 404 BABIP for 237 plate appearances. That's not a full season. It's, you know, it's about uh, just over a third. But David Dahl kind of does this, and this year it's it's what's keeping him afloat because this 457 Babbitt has a 337 average, only five homers, one for three on the bases. It's kind of weird. Uh, what are you? Where are you at with David Dahl right now? He's also striking out a career high 28. percent So it's it's a little bit weird. Obviously, we can't really move away from him as far as a cut. But w- what are you doing with David Dahl right now with this weird profile? It's super confusing. Uh, <laughs> I assume yeah. some of it has to do with the amount of games he's played in Coors over the last month. They've, uh, you know, they started on the road a bunch, and uh, they've started to kind of play some more games at home. But like, where did the power go? I mean, this was a guy that I think exactly. most people projected to, you know, hit twenty five bombs and steal. Well, and that's before we knew there was a bouncy ball. If mm-hmm. you had told me. You told me the bouncy ball is coming before the season. I say, okay, well, I'm gonna get 30. I'm getting 30 and 12 out of him, out of Dahl with a good batting average, and, and we got five and one right now. Yeah, because I mean, as he, far as uh, hopes and steals, he's pretty he, he's pretty close to passing 
his plate appearance uh, high in the majors. I mean, he's got 206 plate appearances. He's never had more than 271 plate appearances at the major league level. But five home runs and one stolen base just isn't that exciting. I don't – I mean, the the one thing you always kind of come back to with Dahl is, is he healthy? Exactly. Is something I mean, is there something that's, that's sapping, keeping the power? Yeah, sapping yeah. the power. Because uh, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, you, obviously, like you said, you can't cut Dahl. Uh, but I just don't know that I see a ton – in his profile that uh, makes me think that there are better days coming. And his launch angle's down. His exit velocity is down in a year where everybody else's exit velocity is up. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, like, his, his, he's barreling the ball more, but everybody is. Um, so, I, I mean, it's not that that impressive necessarily that his barrel percentage is four percentage uh, points higher. I mean, I just don't know that there's a ton other than – I mean, is he a lesser version of David Peralta at this point? Dude, you read my mind because I was going to do some either ors, and David Peralta is absolutely on that list. Now, do you go um, with do you go with Dahl because of just simply because of Coors being and, the tiebreaker and, and, and pedigree, I guess, you, you and a little bit him... more speed again, at least in the pedigree, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Although we have not seen it this year, which could also be an indicator. You know, if we're speculating, and I. I it's pure speculation because I haven't seen anything on David Dahl health issues. But you would say maybe something in the lower half that's keeping the power at bay and the speed at bay. Well, something that's not enough to keep him out of the out of games, but enough to impact him, right? We talk about it once, you know, April 5th hits. You're a week into the season. Everybody's dealing with something well, injury-wise. I mean, I, I just don't think the speed is there. Like, I mean, not necessarily – I mean, I think he's – He's fairly uh, fast. I mean, his uh, sprint speed is in the 75th percentile. I just don't know that he's a base stealer. The only time we saw him stealing bases was, uh, or the last time was in 2016 in the minor leagues. Like, he hasn't run. It's a while ago. So, I I don't think he's had more than six stolen bases in a season, including majors and minors. Like, I think think there was a lot of. I think there was a lot of extrapolation mm-hmm. on those uh, on those 16 and 18 samples. He didn't make the majors in 2017, and he had five in each of those, uh, which were, you know, the I guess last year's was bordering on a half season, so you would double it up, and then you maybe maybe go about 12 on the pace for 2016, and so people were just seeing, you know, a double double there with with 20 mm-hmm. something homers and and 10 something or you know double digit steals. But, you know, you might get four at this point if he if he does any more running at all. Let's do a few either ors there. So uh, are you? I'm going to stick with Dahl over Peralta. I'm a big Peralta guy, but just Coors alone, I'm going to go ahead and make that the tiebreaker. What about Mitch Hanniger? I'll take Hanniger. You know, I, I was I was ready when I when I brought this one up. I was like, oh, if he says this, I'm I'm going to push back. And then I looked at what Hanniger's doing, and even though he's only hitting 222, you're getting 15 homers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's got, bases. I was going to say, he's got more steals. If he can cut that K rate, he does have an AL high 79 strikeouts, which, you know, he was never some major contact guy for Mitch Hanniger, but he wasn't this kind of a, a, a K problem. Um, man, he also I has a really 258 tight. BABIP, so like that's going to come up. You got to figure that that's going to that's gonna come up while Dolls comes down. Mm-hmm. So, boy, I'm, I'm really tight on those two. But uh, like I said, I was ready to just, Totally push back and say, no, don't take Hanniger. It is a much closer coin flip. I am still going to lean Dahl by a shred, but uh, that one is close. What about Fran Mel Reyes? Somebody I was not super in on I, coming into the season, and he hits a home run every night. I How was, many games have they played? 60? He has 60 homers. He hits yeah. a home run every night, Justin. I was every just night. talking to uh, Bobby Sylvester on the Fantasy Pros podcast yesterday. Um, and we were just gushing over Fran Milrez. And, I mean, uh, this is one of those guys where, like, when he came up, I wasn't super high on him. I was probably one of the bigger detractors, and he he turned me around on him. I mean, it's just – Same. He's, yeah, yeah. He's I, been I, amazing. Uh, I was I, wrong. I, I don't think it's particularly close between Dahl and, and Fran Mill. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I sacrificed that batting average for the transcendent power – 
uh, because it, it it's just it's just so good. And now you're looking at um, you know just under 500 plate appearances, 496, and he has 35 homers. There's nothing not real about Framil Reyes's power. Like what what's Here, what's the chance right now to to you that Dahl even gets to 19 home runs at this point. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, dude. Like, Fran was already banked 19. It's Yeah, it's not nearly as high as, yeah, I, I you're right. I would say. Probably like uh, a 60% 60? chance yeah. that, that he even gets to 19 what Fran was already banked. But coming so. into the year, we would have said 100. You know, we said, oh, he's going to get at least 19. So, yeah, that, that's a great point there. What about our boy Puig versus Dahl? I think it's Puig. You know, as long as Puig stays on the field and he's got to stop running into walls because that just seems to be a reoccurring yes. problem in Cincinnati. Uh, it wasn't. And like I got to tell you, just never a good idea for anybody. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb here. This is a crazy take podcast already. Don't run into walls, guys. Yeah. I'm just saying. You know, there's out kids out there thought. seeing this going, oh, I need to do this. This is how I become a major leaguer. I'm just going to crash into our wall and and we're and I want to protect them. Yeah, we're going to issue that PSA <laughs> and make sure that, you know, we're ahead of the curve on that one. So, <laughs> well, one last one that's a little bit of a uh, perhaps a little bit of a stretch, although he might be a little bit friend million, uh Jay Bruce now with more of a full-time playing role. For how long? Now you wouldn't though? have to you wouldn't have to trade them straight up, but would you take Bruce and like a, a an impact pitcher, say teammate Pavetta? For doll, I don't think I would. Okay, I, so you're you're balk, you're balking a little bit, and you said for how long? So you're suggesting that Bruce will again be put back into a scenario where he is a part-time player, bench type of guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's. I think there's like a non-zero chance that Bruce is starting here in like by by August first. So. Uh, I, I think the Phillies are going to start making some moves, and, and there are plenty mm-hmm. of outfielders uh, that are going to be available on the market, whether it be like Hunter Pence or an Adam Jones or or someone that uh, you know can get be got cheap. A guy they could bring back, yeah, it's exactly the name or exactly the type you're talking about. Bring back Howie Kendrick from the division. You know, Washington is kind of like they're. I think they're pretty much toast. And Kendrick, I almost put him on this list here. He's been amazing. And, uh, you know, he can play some outfield. He can play everywhere, really. So he'd give them another kind of Swiss Army knife, and maybe he's he's the kind of guy they bring in on the cheap and, and see if he can if he can rake for them. I think he played for Philly two years ago. I just don't understand, like, how Washington is so bad all the time. Like, I, like, I don't – Like, you look at their lineup and you go, man – that lineup is pretty sick with Trey Turner, Adam Eaton, Rendon, Soto. Uh, I mean, even Victor Robles batting seventh. I mean, that's a talented lineup. Suzuki then, has continued to hit. And then, yeah, and then you go into their rotation. You go Max Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Anibal Sanchez. Okay. Okay, that's a that's a really talented top three, and Anibal is a really solid number four. Um, and then you enter the gates of hell known as their bullpen. But their bullpen uh, has Doolittle. only given up like one run in like their last 10 outings or something like that. At but... Bringing their ERA down to 97.4 <laughs> from from 99. Like why they weren't like, in on Kimbrel? Like I just don't bro, understand I, why I, they I, weren't I, in on Kimbrel. I don't understand. Dude. Like if they put Kimbrel in front get... of Doolittle and like that and now you got, you know, those two and maybe you go get another a third piece. Uh, for the kind of the you know middle part of that bullpen, you've got a pretty you know stacked bullpen now. I mean that one-two punch right there would do so yeah. much when when you're talking about Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin specifically. You're not having to use the bullpen like a lot of nights. It could be those three pitchers: the starter, and mm-hmm. then Doolittle, Kimbrel, or Kimbrel, Doolittle, depending on matchups. You know Sanchez's outings and the occasional outing from each of the studs, and of course the fifth starting outing. You need more of your bullpen, but I, I agree with you there. Not to derail on them. Uh, I want to move on to the next guy. By the way, sorry, I went out of order there. I don't know why I did Dahl first. He wasn't supposed to be first. Because he was he's first on the uh, little chart you made is what, what happened. Oh, that's why. That's why. Um, okay, so next up, not going in chart order, but on um, our, our rundown order, Jose Ramirez, dude. And I know we've certainly talked about him before, but it has been a little bit uh, of time. And, you know, I think the one thing that people keep talking about is how the the stolen bases are kind of keeping his value afloat. I think he has 15. And so that's something, I guess. 
And, you know, a lot more people have covered the fact that this isn't just confined to the 60 games of this year. The, 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 he, he you know, kind of limped into the finish last year. Was it you or did I hear somewhere else about how he might have been going for the 40 homers last year and, uh, and, and kind of trying to sell out for some September power and maybe that, you know, kept him. Uh, it, it was it, not just, me, but that's okay. an interesting idea. Yeah, just like a theory that maybe he was going for that and he ended up having it. So, you know, his August wasn't great, but I'm I'm reluctant to kind of loop that in with these other three months because, yeah, he hit 245, but it was a 231 BABIP and it was still 365, 457 on the OBP and slug with five homers and four steals for Jose Ramirez. His, his current team managers would kill for a month like that. So we're going to go three plus months of, of awfulness, but that's, you know, that's a half season now with Jose Ramirez. I guess I'm going to go super vague on the question then and say, where are you now? What is your check-in at 60 games? There's, you know, a hundred, some a hundred left on the docket, or maybe he's missed a couple, but we're, we're, we're a ways in now. And like I said, stretch it back to last year. Ramirez has been outright bad. I understand that people want to bank on the track record because it was two brilliant seasons before that and a solid third back in 2016. But what do you, where are you on Jose Ramirez going the rest of the year? I mean, there's not much. Well, let's let me say this. I one, there is not much in the profile that tells me like we're gonna see the Jose Ramirez of last season. No, you have to go on faith. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna find the 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 smoking gun or the or the one little thing that's like, no, 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 this is what's keeping my faith. You have to go off track record and you know but there's also tra- not much in the profile that says that he should be this bad. Like that's fair too. Like I think we uh obviously need to recalibrate our thinking from previous years, but I also think that uh, like, like we're not going to get to the end of the season and he's hit 12 home runs and hit 207. Like that's just not going to be the case. Uh, I think we're, I think we're looking at a guy that's probably going to hit like 270 rest of the way, um, and hit 15 more home runs, uh, and steal. You're in line with projections. Yeah. Is, is that where they're projecting him out at? Because yeah, like, 274 I, and, and 16 is, is about where they've got. Okay. And, and that seems right to me. I mean, even looking at stat cast numbers, like one of the things I just mentioned with David Dahl is in a year where everybody's exit velocity is up, uh, his isn't. Um, and neither is Jose Ramirez's. Is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Jose Ramirez is, is down a tiny bit, like a minuscule amount, but it's still down when everybody else is going up. The one thing that is a bit concerning to me when I look at his StatCast profile is his launch angle. Like, his launch angle is super high, and you almost wonder if this is like a Ryan Schimpf effect, where yeah, like he's trying to lift out. it too much, and that's causing him issues. Uh, what a name to invoke there, by the way. <laughs> Ryan Schimpf. Ryan Schimpf was an MLB god last year because, like... um just the way it worked, he had, you know, they had to give him power on his card, mm-hmm. but he obviously had no contact. And it just, it, it worked way too well. Um, you know, they made his card according to his numbers because he has 34 homers in like 147 games. Uh, but the, the card was insane. He played like a superstar. And so he was, he was known as Schimpf God in the MLB community last year. So it's funny that you brought him up. But to that point, with Ramirez launch angle, uh, 12% pop up rate or infield fly ball rate, whatever, uh, 5% on his homer to fly ball rate, down from 17 last year and 14 the year before. Surely, you know, he can iron some things out there and and change the fate on both. Although his infield fly ball rate was 13% last year, and he lived with that. But that was when his when the homers were flying out at a decent clip too. So, you know, just some natural regression, even if it's not all the way back to the last last two years, should get Ramirez back on track. But I guess I'm wondering, is he somebody you would trade for? I think so, at because at this point, someone is really fed up with this. And so... Uh, would you give... I don't think it'd be a one-for-one. One, so, you know, assume that maybe you'd have to give, like, a better pitcher or a better... Uh, outfielder or something, but as Cattell Marte as the major return back for you, or, or, or the, the major give you give Cattell Marte, yeah, I, think I would. 
I think that's I and think the, that's uh um yeah. Is that a good sell high buy low type of thing? I think it is. I think that's kind of perfect, honestly. What about I'm trying to think of some other stuff here. What about uh, if you're doing like a pitcher for hitter type of thing? Would you trade Shane Bieber for Jose Ramirez? Hmm. That's hard because pitching is so harsh this year that I don't know that I want to trade away Bieber. Uh, I guess if, yeah, you, if, if you're Bieber's pitching rich, good. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair deal. Yeah, um, if you're offering up Bieber, I'm I'm assuming that you've got some pitching to give, and you can even give a a premium name. You know, yeah. Bieber's up there, man. He's been great. So, um, and he's he's fixed a lot of what I was hoping he'd fix. He still has a 1.8 homer per nine, but um, my trepidation with him has been answered. So uh, credit to him on that. So yeah, with Ramirez, um, man, would you trade him out though? Would you be the one to take the discount right now? Like would I would I get rid of him off my team? Yeah, no. Yeah, would you, would you I'm, deal I'm, him? I'm, I'm holding him. Yeah, I kind of especially because I think that. the majority of the majority like while I'm willing to offer that, I don't think that most a lot of people, people aren't. Yeah, aren't going to be willing to offer that, and so exactly. Uh, I think I think the offers you're going to get are you know the um I'm trying to think of someone who's like garbage but been hot like someone's going to offer you Tommy Lastella. Um, or Derek Dietrich for Jose Ramirez, and that I could totally see like a Dietrich thing. Maybe not straight up. Hopefully not, because that'd be so insulting. But like a Dietrich with with a pitcher who's like decent, another guy who's been you know hot, who's not that great, and they offer you those two, the old poo poo platter of like mm-hmm. uh, waiver pickups for your Jose Ramirez, and, and you're like, no. when you say no. yeah. Yeah, you're like no thanks. Like okay, cool. I'll, I'll I'm drop just, him. I'm, I was I was gonna cut. I was gonna cut. Just I just wanted to see if I get something now. for John Means. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next hitter up here um, is going off the list is Tim Anderson. Now, you haven't heard much about Tim Anderson lately, huh? He doesn't get brought up a whole lot. No, lately. no. And it's almost as if he came back to earth because he did. Now he was positively Shocking. brilliant. Throughout all of April, mm-hmm. uh, a 1,009 OPS. So, you know, no shade there, but it took him 10 days into the month to hit his first home run. And just kind of looking at him since May 1st, he has just three home runs, still has five steals, 275, 319, 385. Uh, you know, 275. You're not freaking out at that. It's not draining you by any stretch. And the OBP, you're never expecting anything from him. But the 385, the power has really come back to earth for Tim Anderson. At least he does still have five steals in that time. That's a 26-game span. You're taking that uh, all day. The speed's still there. So this isn't like an epic collapse. It really is more of a smoothing out. But I guess now that we're here, we've seen the the super high. We've seen the, the pretty low. Where do we go from here the rest of the year with Tim Anderson? And is he somebody you'd want to buy now that the dust has settled a bit? I, I mean, I think he is who he's always been. This is a guy that goes through these hot stretches, you know, usually early on in the season, and then cools off and becomes the guy that we've kind of known him to be. And no, I, I don't think I'd want to buy because whoever is going to be selling him is going to want something commiserate of what he's done overall. And that 322 average, uh, which is going to become cratering down. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to bring up, too. Yeah. That, that, that's still high. That's still a high batting average. Every, yeah, there's, they're going to be like, well, he's hitting 322. Well, he hasn't been hitting 322 as of late. It just, you know, it's no. just, <laughs> if you looked a week ago, it was like 340-something. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, I don't think I'm, I'm buying. If anything... If I've got Tim Anderson, like I'm desperately trying to sell him right now. Would you take Jose Ramirez? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would. <laughs> would you take David Dahl? Oh, that's a good question. You know, at least I, as a centerpiece, maybe 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 work some something around yeah, the Dahl, edges there yeah, too. Yeah, all but... in another piece. I mean, because at least with Anderson, you know you're going to get stolen bases. Which is very premium, you know, and and so even if he hits, even if he hits two thirty the rest of the year, mm-hmm. I think you can put Tim Anderson down for another a minimum of another 20. fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that that to me is is worth, uh, worth you know holding on to as opposed to selling him you know for something less than, 
what those you know 50 to 20 stolen bases may mean in your standings. But mm-hmm. uh, if if you have had Tim Anderson and you're still struggling with average because of other pieces on your team, uh, yeah, it, it's about to get way worse for you. Yeah, I mean, it's just you know three percent walk rate. Uh, to credit, to his credit, uh, strikeout rate uh, way down from twenty five percent to nineteen percent. That's a good improvement. Mm-hmm. But the swinging strike rate isn't commensurate with that. It's down from 14 to 12%. So it's like, mm, could that strikeout rate spike right back up to the mid-20s? Yes, and so that still worries me. Um, I'd love to see Tim Anderson develop a bit with his plate skills and continue to be a stud. I just don't see it. Yeah. So it's like one of those things I'm rooting to be wrong, but I'm I'm peeling away from Tim Anderson where He's I can. because I do 44% think 44% O-swing percentage this season. I mean... That's vile. <laughs> That's up. That's up, dude. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's it's up four percent or well, yeah, three and a half percent from last year. It's uh, uh, yeah, it's gross. Like it's this is in, but you know when he's hot and when people are coming into him and uh and yep. and, and and you know leaving things in the zone, he he can murder it. But uh, once pitchers realize it's Tim Anderson, like hey, let me just throw this outside, he tries Absolutely. to murder it. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to another infielder. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned him earlier. Ozzy Albies. Um, it's been bad. It's just been bad. You know, he got off to another fast start just like last year. And, uh, you know, he was one of those guys where the, the, the full season was good and everyone kind of understood that it was it was really built on the the, the fast start and then he kind of meandered to the finish line but even if he kind of took say the 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 cutoff point whatever endpoint people were using maybe even just like june 1st on and kind of use that as a full season measure you were still looking at somebody who was 16 and 13 with a 251 average 89 runs 59 rubies that th- those were his paces for Ozzy Albies and you're like I could live with that. That's not what you're hoping to buy with the price that he costs, but it wasn't the end of the world. And we're kind of meandering along to that this year right now. I am still – I think every time I go to his page, I'm like, damn, he's only 22, which is good for the future but doesn't do much for us right now. Uh, check in on on Albies. Well, where, where are you with him right now? Still not running to the level that I feel like he could – Four steals on the season, seven homers again, so the power's still there. But we're down to an 86 WRC plus thanks to a 259, 318, 403 slash. Ozzy Albies, how do you feel? This is, I mean, uh, it's a tad bit concerning. I, I'm not freaking out quite yet. Uh, I mean, it's it, his sprint speed is still up there. So, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the speed. It's will... a choice. Yeah, and I think it's a when, choice when that you're he batting seventh have. and stuff like that at times, uh, yep. you know, it may not be a choice. And they may be saying, do not run. Uh, yeah, it may not be his choice. That's yeah. a good point. So, you know, they may be, you know, they may give him the red light. Uh, I, I'm i not overly worried. The, you know, stat cast numbers seem fine uh, behind, you know, kind of, uh, you know, his exit velocity is up like everybody else in the league. Barrel percentage is up like everybody else in the league. Uh, you know, X batting uh, average is 282. Uh, mm-hmm. His BABIP is, uh, while it's not like extremely low, you know, compared to like last year or anything like that, it's pretty low for someone who's as fast as he is. Exactly. Another uh, 289, uh, up four ticks from what, you know, the fact that it's sub 300 for Albies surprises me. And his ground ball rate is up too. So I would, you know, a little bit, but he's not, he's not some big fly ball guy. I would have expected more uh, Babbitt from him as well. It's, it's, it's weird. Honestly, looking forward, you know, if you're talking dynasty or something, this is still a player I love and I could see, you know, him kind of showing these flashes throughout these first couple of years. And then like, fully breaking out at 24, which would be another year, even next year, of kind of like, hey, he's, you know, he's solid, he, he helps, but he doesn't dominate. And then, you know, the, I think sometimes we just have to remember, 22-year-old, you know, that it's not always 100% ready. I, I'm still in on him, though. Obviously, I have a bias toward Albies, so I'm looking at the rosier end of it. And yeah, I can understand um, folks being like, you know, you paid a premium here and you're not really getting what you paid for. Um, And I understand people... uh feeling that way. I'm not seeing anything in his profile that like overly concerns me. Um, exactly. And ultimately I think you say this 
it feels like every other week. Uh, you know, prospect mm-hmm. growth isn't linear. That guys are he's only 22 years old. Most 22 year olds are not the starting second baseman on their team. Um, on a good team, yeah, too. on a yeah. good team. So, uh, like, yeah, this is a guy that could easily turn it around on a dime this year, um, or turn it around in future seasons. The hard part is figuring out when that's going to happen. Uh, I would try to buy low. Yep. Um, but I'm not Same. selling. I'm not selling Albies because I just don't think there's. I don't think you can get a ton, or that people are going to be giving up a ton for him. So, uh, I, I'm holding if I've got him, and I, I'm willing to take a, a flyer on him at a reduced price. Yeah, I think his market price has has dipped. The market is souring a little bit on him, and if you do trade with you know a savvy uh, manager who kind of looks at the recent, you know, just looking at the uh, since May first board that I, I put up for us here, two thirty, two eighty nine, three eleven. I mean, he's in a dead cold slump right now with just one homer and one steal. So now's the time to buy on Albies, and I would absolutely do it as well um, as a long as a long time fan. So. All right, those are the hitters I wanted to check in on. Just a few guys that you know we haven't talked about in a while, and it's not all going rosy with them. But uh, maybe some buying opportunities there. If you guys do go out and buy on those, uh, let us know what you traded for them, or if you sold them, let us know as well at Spore at Justin Mason FWFB on Twitter. I'm always intrigued by stuff like that. You know how they say people don't care about your fantasy league? I actually do. I care when you make trades and, and stuff about players like this. I think it's interesting to see because. You know, I think you and I tend to play in a lot of leagues with other people in the industry, or they're mm-hmm. in high stakes leagues, uh, and so the high stakes leagues, for the most part, aren't trade leagues, anyways. Exactly. Um, and then the industry leagues, uh, I, you know, there are some people in the industry that love to trade. You know, Jake Seeley, Ian Kahn. Some people love to trade. Fred Zinke. Uh, Fred Zinke. Uh, but there are a lot of people in in industry leagues that will not trade or uh, are very difficult. Very difficult to trade with. They don't want to lose a trade or be seen as losing a trade, and so uh, that's why I keep playing in you know just regular uh, regular leagues with with friends or, or people I've met uh, because I, I love the trading aspect, and we just don't get to see enough of it in the leagues we tend to play in. I, I agree. I agree, and you know I w- I would like to be a better trader to be quite honest. But we need uh, to do a and trade not- episode. We need to we, maybe maybe we uh, maybe we call on uh, Ian or 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 Fred. Uh, or Jake, I agree with and, that, uh, and have oh, a trading oh. trading kind of seminar. I, I I think that's a great idea, and get them. What league are we all in a league together at all? No, not anymore. Well, no, you, I was gonna say that you, Ian, and Jake are all in yes. head to head towel. Maybe we could work a deal mm. on the show, and we you know hat tip to our brethren over at in this league. They did trade week recently. They tried okay, to nice. stoke. Yeah, they, they were stoking um, the, the trade fires of their leagues. And, and well, what they were, it started as putting people on blast, send in the trades that idiots are sending you and name <laughs> names. But then they were also trying to be better themselves and, and get some trades done. So they were there, trying to stoke those trade fires. There, so, there's a guy um, who works for uh, works for our site um, that did that to someone uh, in a di- uh, industry dynasty league I'm in. Hey, man, um, you, you, you come with some trash. Oh, my uh, God. If you don't want it to see the light of day, don't send me your garbage. Well, don't he, do he it. Just put, he like, posted one of those trade blocks on CBS, you know, mm-hmm. so you can, you know, it automatically emails out the entire league and everything. And he goes, uh, open to trading with anybody except this person. I was like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm not trading with you, dude. Yeah. That's so funny. That's really funny. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking that Paul didn't turn off his phone like the 10th episode in a row because he's a garbage bag. But we're going to talk some starting pitchers Let's do and this. some of your biggest issues with uh, my guys here. And we're going to start at almost damn near the top, the number nine pitcher, Hyunjin Ryu. Too low, you're right? Yeah, yeah. Why isn't he number one? He's a Dodger. I'm sure you think he's too high, but I'm very curious to find out why you believe that. Now, I will say he went from 28 to 9. That is the same tier. It's the must-start tier. So there's, you know, it's a little bit cosmetic. But, I mean, obviously a jump that big is saying some things. And, you know, given that the must-start tier runs 35 deep and has a collection of guys that you could have quite a few of, you know, um, you don't you don't have to have drafted pitching in your first five rounds to get a bunch of these guys when it contains the likes of Matthew Boyd, Ryu himself, Bieber, Caleb Smith, Paddock, 
um, you know, Giolito, Herman, Soroka. The point is you could have a bunch. And the reason I still rank them then is to say, you know, these guys take precedent over other ones if you're going to have these tough decisions. Because believe it or not, there are some pitching rich uh, assholes out there that have like, oh, I got to sit uh, Kenta Maeda in a one start. Okay, shank yourself because I hate you. Yeah. I would kill to have that decision. So anyway, I got him up at nine, Hyunjin Ryu. He's been amazing. Uh, you're going to tell me I should have put him at one, and I agree with you. Go ahead. Well, and here's the hard part because one, I mean – Going through the list, I don't have necessarily a ton of gripes, and some of the gripes uh, that I did have have you know been answered since we last talked on what Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, I was going to gripe about Matt Strom, and of course Matt Strom goes on the IL. Yeah, uh, I was going to gripe about Jimmy Nelson, and he puts a, a dud up in his his first outing. So it's like I can't really. Gripe I'm still. About- I'm still right there with him, though. I, I didn't wait this long to only get one start. I will say, though, his next start, I think, is at Houston. It's definitely against Houston. I don't know if it's home or away, though. Yeah, so that I'll, kind I'll of sucks sitting, for us. It doesn't matter if it's home or away, right? I mean, it's not like home is yeah, a that's great true. place yeah, to, you're right. to pitch you're in right. anyway. So he's, they're both, they're he's both on be, the moon. Yeah, he's going to be sitting. I had one of those days in, on my main event team yesterday. I was like, my offense was awesome. And then I looked, I scrolled down my pitching staff. It's like, holy mother of God. Same. Like, Same. Oh. Exact. Like, just one so, of those days. So... Uh, so a few got answered, but Ryu, obviously you're not going to say I put him at one. Do you think he's too high, though? It, here's the problem with Ryu. It, it's from a straight skills perspective, I totally am with you at putting him in the top mm-hmm. ten. My question becomes, how many innings do we think he's going to get rest of the way? Because we just don't haven't know. seen him get I understand. more than 126 and two-thirds since Absolutely. 2004. 14. And his next start, he'll eclipse last year's total. Mm-hmm. He had 82 and a third. He's got 80 right now. So, well, yeah. hopefully he does, obviously. Um, for me, that's less of an issue, though, because I see these in four to six week blocks. Mm-hmm. I'm not really looking so much, you know, rest of season because they're going to change so much that I don't think there's a point to making them rest of season and, and getting locked into what's going to happen okay. in August well, and September. Fair. So I'm just like, right now, this dude is a top 10 pitcher and he should be treated as such. You know, obviously it'd be difficult to trade him as such. You know, people aren't because of that health risk. I I, I think a lot of folks would agree with you too. Skills wise, everyone loves him. And if you could sprinkle some dust and tell me that he's going to go 170 even, not even 200, just give me 160. I think you could get people to trade quite a substantial haul for Ryu. But the fact is most people are thinking that he's going to go 120. And I understand that. Yeah. And but, then, um, my, my biggest issue with him being in the top 10 is I just don't know. I don't know what we're going to get from Westway. Not just even if he stays healthy. We just haven't seen him pitch this, you know, or that deep into a season uh, in, in a quite a long time. And so will fatigue start to erode some of the skills uh, as we go on throughout the season? And he does stay on the mound. Will the Dodgers decide to just screw around because they're trying Phantoms, to protect yep. him? Uh, and he gets a phantom IL stint anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think there's so many question marks that uh, with with you know how he could be handled, what could happen to him physically, uh, that I would probably knock him outside of my top 10. Um, and if I'm going like based off of your list, I'd probably drop him below Boyd and Paxton. Maybe put okay. him fifteen. Uh, so I mean, yeah. it's, it's not a huge gripe. Uh, sure, but something I think that if someone's looking at your list, going, "Well, this is a rest of the season ranking," he shouldn't be ninth at that point. But if it's not a rest of the season well, the, ranking, they didn't read the intro then. Well, I, put, I didn't. I look even at read my intro. It says it right there. I look at my in-season rankings in four to six weeks blocks. So potential innings limits facing some of the younger arms rated highly aren't really that important right now. Yeah, I mean, it probably would have been very important for me to read that intro. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, next up, we have Madison Bumgarner. I have him at 32. I'm going to guess you think that's actually too high. Hello? Mm, Justin? Hey, there I am. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> See, usually, usually I'm the person that uh, messes with people or, or screams at people when they're on mute and I'm on for the first time. Oh, you were muted. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, fantastic! I thought, yeah, for for a second, I thought you were doing a gat doing the silence gag, which we love to do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So Bumgarner got him thirty second. You think he's too high, or, or that's yeah, what, my, my guess. Is he yeah, he's too, he, high. He's too high. And uh, uh, you know, so for all of you Dodger homers out there that are yelling at the Giants fan for denigrating uh, Ryu. Ryu down six spots in a ranking. Uh, I would not have Madison Bumgarner in my top 40, especially if I'm thinking rest of the way, because Bumgarner is going to get traded off of this team, uh, and he's See, going to... That's a plus to me. Is it? I know you're going to say because of the park. I get that. And he's been I, better I on the road this year. But give me that. Yeah, it, that, that was going to be my counter, and the team support, I, I like it. And listen, you know, I clown... Uh, some of his behavioral stuff, and and I will continue to, because I think of some of it's a joke. But I also think that there is a little bit of the intangible stuff there that when he gets in, when when Bumgarner gets into a pennant race, as long as his body isn't given out on him, I think he is going to at least maintain his level here, which we've seen, which is per- perfectly passable. Uh, you know, four hundred five is not great on the ERA, but. You know that's a good start away from being kind of what I thought, which was a mid to high threes and a 120 whip with just under a strikeout per inning, literally just under 79 in 80. So I don't know. I th- I think he could have a big second half with a new team, even moving away from San Francisco. You hate to lose that park, but give me the context. And even if he does stay more in like say the 450, maybe he's like a 415 125 ERA whip combo. But I'm just collecting a win like every time out because he goes to the right team. I, I don't know what team that exactly is, but I don't know. I for me with Bumgarner, if I've got him, I'm just using him every time out right now. That's why he's in the must start. Like I just don't see where I'm sitting. Him. Our splits page for him is. Oh, wait, oh, never mind. I'm on the wrong picture. I'm like, what the hell? It's saying like his splits both has like a sub two ERA at home and away. And I was looking at the reviews. Yeah. <laughs> splits page. I was all, okay. Yeah, he's actually, wow, he's been worse at home than he has been at, uh, on the road. Isn't That's, that weird? It is weird. Skill, skill's about the mm-hmm. same, though. So so probably about the same pitcher. Um, but it is a pretty big ERA split, 442 to 374, which was surprising to me. Yeah, I just worry about him going to a much worse park. And uh, mm-hmm. he's definitely been better than I thought he was going to be this year. Uh, I just, the parks that he's most likely going to end up in are not going to be good for him. Uh, you know, well, they're certainly so not going to be better. Yeah, you can't get or, better or than good, Texas. really. I mean, the front runners you would have to think, are Philadelphia and Milwaukee and New York for the Yankees. And if they don't get Keuchel. Yeah, so it's like these are not great parks for a pitcher uh, and one who can give up home runs on occasions. So, uh, uh, yeah, I would, I would likely not want him in my top 40, and especially when I start looking at guys – uh, that I like that are below him, guys like Frankie Montas, guys like uh, uh, Mike Miner, who we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, even even a guy. I like, dig both of them. So you 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 yeah. pick the right names there to to make me reconsider because and and like I said, I think I mentioned this on on Tuesday's show. That first six seven guys in the usually start tier are so close to must start for me, I, and I'm almost should have just expanded it because Odorizzi, Miner, Freed. Woodruff, Montas, I don't really see any any times where I am stopping them or where I am sitting them. Excuse me. So yeah, I just and maybe I'm maybe I'm just being negative because I am a Giants fan and it's so hard to watch my goddamn team play this year. But <laughs> no, fair, fair fair critique and and like I understand about the 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 park. I, I I think it goes back to our overarching point that we've hit on so many so many times this year. Pitching's not good enough to necessarily yeah. even curate somebody like Bumgarner right now. So that's why he's in the must start, and he and he is higher than those guys. But I think, like I said, if I brought those guys into the must start, then I'd probably finagle. Yeah, like I love Brandon Woodruff, and I, I mean, I do too. There was part of me who was like, man, I should really just beat him up for putting Brandon Woodruff up that high, and then I was like. You know what? I probably would have put him higher, so I'm just not gonna. <laughs> nah, that that that's our guy right there. Let's yeah. let's stick let's stick with the Giants here. You got to quibble about Samarja at 101, and then you you put in versus Pablo Lopez, who's 
31 spots higher. That that's that's probably your big quibble there is that uh, why is he so much higher? So uh, go take the floor here on Samarja v. Pablo Lopez. I, and I don't have a problem where you ranked Lopez, even though I probably would have put him a little bit higher, uh, especially because I think you know these are guys you're obviously curating uh, their starts and, and using them mm-hmm. when they're at home uh, because that's when they're great is when they're at home and they're awful on the road. So uh, I just don't understand the 30, the 30 spot split in between the two. I mean, they're, they're, they're both uh, fantastic pitchers at home, uh, poor ones on the road. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and then Pablo Lopez dominates in Milwaukee. Dude. Yeah. Like, and no that, one got that. Like, no, like, no, like, so, so, like people NL in NL only. only yeah. Yep. But like nobody else got that. Uh, even NL only. I mean, he's been so bad on the road this year uh, that they, they may have sat him in NL only. I just think coming into that me, game, he had like a, like a 6.8 ERA on the road. Yeah, my, my, my NL and AL only experience usually is very limited or almost no reserve, so maybe that's why I, I was assuming. But you're right. If there is a reserve in NL, I bet there's so many folks that even sat him in an NL only just because Pablo Lopez has had such a clear home road split that you just say, and, no, and I, I don't want to correct deal. myself. He now has a 6.82 ERA on the road after after, after the gem in after Milwaukee. After the gem in Milwaukee. So like that's oh, how bad God. he's been on the road. But at home, like he's got a one eight four ERA, uh, strikeout, you know, over a strikeout an inning uh, in 20, mm-hmm. uh, 29 innings. And I mean, you look at Samarja. Samarja's doing similar type work uh, at home, a two oh three ERA, uh, about a strikeout an inning. He's just been atrocious. Not Pablo Lopez bad on the road, but you know, bad on the road. Uh, and so, like, I, like I, you, you have to explain it to me. Like, wh- what's the difference between these two? Except for that Samarja has a longer track record. Of being terrible. No. Um, yeah, I just... They probably shouldn't be that far apart. I think that that's fair, especially because they... The way you've just outlined it makes it really difficult to fully combat because... Um, I didn't realize Samarja was such a home road guy. I mean, and, and they both have the great park that they can lean on too. And so maybe Samarja, because I, I am going to stand by the Lopez one, which you said you would even agree with too. Yeah, I, I so think that's as far as Samarja, I think what I was, what I was influenced by in moving him down, because I think Samarja actually moved down, whereas Lopez was probably right about where he was. Yeah, I moved, I moved Samarja down 23 spots. And if I'd have left him at 78, you might not have even made the quibble because they'd have been eight spots apart. I think I was just influenced by the fact that I thought his his May was pretty mediocre. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to just cop to – he had a 555 in May, ERA, uh, Samarja did. And I was pissed that he was bad in Miami. <laughs> and so maybe I was just a bitter berry over here, just being a little baby and uh, moved him down based off that. 20, 20, what did I say, 28 spots, 23 spots, that's too far. Um, and he should still be in that same tier. Either Lopez has to come down or Samarja has to come up. You're not yep. wrong. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that one, Okay. 100%. All right, next up, Andrew Heaney. Oh, you like Andrew Heaney? Weird. Never knew that. He's 69th. I know. You think he should be 6th. Uh, no, but go ahead on Andrew Heaney. Wait, wait, how, much, how much higher? Uh... That's a that's actually a really good question. Is how much higher, um, uh, and of course, uh, at, at some point, I've lost your uh, starting pitcher ranks from my computer. So, uh, as I bring them back up, uh, you know, and may, maybe this is Homerism for me, but like I, I would probably put him up into the top fifty. Uh, I mean, okay. he he's looked really good um, in his first two starts, and you know, striking out a ton of batters. Uh, and I mean, while I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Justin Mason bandwagon level on Heaney, but I am pro Heaney, so I don't want to be put on the on the side of like, oh, you don't even like Heaney. So I, I want to be clear on that. Yeah, and and I know people are going to point to the you know four home runs in his first two starts as like, oh my god, but uh, like in spite of that, like it's just a four four ERA. So it's like it's like the homers didn't even hurt him that much. Um, you know, only one walk so far. In his first two outings, that's like that's that. huge and the strikeouts too. Yeah, like I mean, eighteen strikeouts and one walk in eleven innings so far. Uh, I I think he's always had ace potential. I think that as long as he's healthy, for me, he's like a top thirty, thirty-five starter rest of the way. 
Okay. And I know that's probably bold, but um, I just I, I've always been a big Andrew Heaney fan, and I you know yeah, watching and- him pitch. Yeah, he made he made some mistakes in those games against you know potent parts of lineups. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of faith in Andrew Heaney. Well, he's definitely somebody that I, I think I kind of parked him here a little bit, saying, let's see where you're at. Uh, both starts were registered by the time I'd done this. He was purposely put at 69. I, I did mention a couple podcasts ago, I think the last time when I did my May rankings, that I usually put someone of intrigue at 69th on purpose. I think last time it was Spencer Turnbull. So, uh, yeah, he's there. I could easily see him getting into the usually start tier, which is then top 60 and then moving up within that. So um, this one was just kind of a sitting tight with, uh, with with Heaney until I got a few more starts under my belt. So I, I will half accept it just because it was a wait and see thing more than a dislike thing to any level on Heaney. Okay. I, I, and yeah, then the last one, Mike Miner, 37th. I think you already hinted that yeah. you would want him higher. Dude, he's been so good. I'm I'm here so for this. So this one I'm good. I'm already accepting this without even knowing where you're gonna go, just because I wanted to push him higher too, and I I chickened out a little bit. Uh, he hasn't been as quite as sharp necessarily as that hot streak he went through kind of in in April early May, uh, mm-hmm. but he he's only had what one start since mid April with less than five strikeouts. Uh, he has gone at least five innings in every game except for the first one this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, at some point, the Rangers are going to trade him, I assume, which means he's going and to avoid that heat up in Arlington. Yes, uh, the thing. opposite of Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. He he can't go so like he, he as long as he doesn't get traded to Colorado. Like yeah, that's know. basically the only thing that could happen that would make it worse. And yeah, otherwise, the Orioles aren't uh, trading for him, so it's like we don't have to worry about no. that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just think there's so, I mean, he has been absolutely electric this season, uh, you know, striking out a batter and in, over a batter and inning, uh, in 81 and two thirds so far this year. Uh, yes, the FIP and XFIP are higher than, than the ERA, uh, but not like out of control where if, you know, if he, if he throws a 341 ERA rest of the year, I think we're still pretty stoked at what we're getting, you know, especially because it'd be coming with a, you know, 25 to 30% strikeout rate. Uh, yeah, just, I, there's so much to love about minor left-handed. Um, you, you know, a great, a great thing too, that I think uh, gets lost is this, this, this isn't just this year for minor. He no. closed the season really strong last year too. And that's one of the things that, uh, you know, and he showed flashes in, in, uh, in Kansas City, like people forget, like exactly, he was really good. He's an Kansas elite City. reliever. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I'm here. I'm here for this. Um, you know, this was as high as I could put him. And again, he's in that first five in the usually start that I am basically treating as must start. So I would say that yeah, I either need to expand the must start or maybe push him and a couple others up into uh, into the team. I think maybe just expand it because even though we we um lament the dearth of of pitching right now there is uh there i think these guys that you can latch on to you have to you have to go must start with them i mean because if he was 26 he would be in your top 30 right now mm -hmm. but i think there's you know and it's not necessarily you uh but just in general i think there's some ageism uh, no, that I think that's kinda, I think that's completely fair. Yeah, yes. I mean, if this was if he was the ages of Giolito and Herman, wouldn't he be up in right next to them? Uh, and so, like, yeah, he's only thirty one. I think we all think that maybe he's a little bit older than he is too. Uh, I think you're right. I I, I think, think he is absolutely treated that way. Yeah, I think he's a top thirty pitcher right now, uh, and I would have him probably above uh, Giolito and behind Herman, so like twenty eight ish. Okay, you brought it here, man. You got you got some good ones here. Um, I think the only one that I would uh, that I pushed back the most on was the Ryu one, but that's a little bit more on on the theory of of how I do the rankings. Anyway, the other ones here, you you made great cases here, and uh, these are quibbles that I can understand, and you know that's why it's so hard to do the monthly. And I don't know how you were, and Nick still does the weekly. The weekly yeah, the weekly. I, is I would just, it's just, I would die. On that, but um, yeah. Well, now that I'm doing no, less it, it, work at, at uh, not working at Fantasy Alarm, maybe I'll start doing either my own uh, 
version of uh, definitely will not do them weekly, but maybe I'll start doing some monthly no. for for fan graphs. And uh, we're here for it, and yeah. you know. We could we could at least link up on a starting pitch because I, I think you know some someone asked me recently about like hey are you gonna do any um, uh, positional ones and I, I considered it because I could use my my second chance league ranks as a template and kind of do that but um, I think the pitching is much more useful to be quite well, honest and I'll tell you I mean when we used to do the monthly. <laughs> positional ranks so hard oh it was so brutal i had to, you know ranking i i was doing the al outfielders um mm-hmm. and ranking 100 american league outfielders uh every month and people like you know getting at least 10 comments of where's bryce harper uh, and you're like dude it's come on like read the title um come so on yeah, dude. Yeah, you no, didn't I'm, even I'm try not, i'm not doing in season maybe i'll do rest of the season ranks that, that's something i could you know, think about doing yeah. it because there is talk that NFBC with success of the second chance leagues may do mm-hmm. a half season leagues uh, for 150 bucks and it'll be a main event qualifier. Ooh, I like that. Mm-hmm. So if you like that idea, tweet at the NFBC and say that's a really great idea. That's a great idea. And we heard it on the sleeper mm-hmm. in the bus. And Justin cool. Mason and Paul Sporer. We're talking about the potential of you guys doing this, and we love it. <laughs> we no, just want no, credit for idea. stuff. It yeah, is yeah, a great want, idea. I lo- we just yeah. want them to think highly of us. We love them, and Greg knows. And Greg and Tom know how much we love the NFBC there mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, I think that's going to wrap us up here. I, I really enjoyed hashing this one out here on uh, on some of these uh, tough tough hitters that uh, we don't know what to do, and then some some pitcher gripes. We will definitely be back now. Um, who won the? Uh, what's it called? Um, who won? Who won the match? Who won the? Who won the DraftKings? The DraftKings uh, at not Burt Reynolds. Oh, but, great name! Love um, it. I believe uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I I gotta find it. I believe he is working or writing with uh, Brad Johnson on ba- Brad Johnson's uh, Patreon. Okay, so it's dig yeah, it. It's at nt underscore Burt Reynolds. Love it. Uh, and he uh, he won in spite of only having uh, I think he said twelve combined points from his pitchers. See, that's crazy because I had some decent hitting, and and my I was lamenting the fact that one of my pitchers was a dud, and I guess I can't use that as an excuse now. Mm-hmm. And shout out to someone named Jason Collette who finished third. Who? Yeah, I, I guess when you can't like walk around because you're injured and stuff, like you have more time to put in research for for DFS. So yeah. I'm glad that 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 paid off. Uh, and then shout out to uh, I think Matthew Davis who uh, finished fifth uh, and has won this one before. He had tweeted at me earlier in the night. He's like, "Has anybody ever won this twice in a season?" And I'm like, "Well, it's the first season, so no." First season, yeah. So literally, literally nobody yet, but uh, you could you could maybe be the first. Um, where where did you finish? Oh yeah, like ninety something. It, I didn't do that well either, so I'm not flexing. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a bad night for me. Uh, uh, coming into the night, I think I was like first or second in the overall in Tout Daily, and I was first overall in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits uh, Staff League DFS contest. Uh, and yeah, I'm no longer first in either of those. It, it was one of those really, really bad nights. I started Max Freed, um, so and like he, you know, put up a four spot in the first inning. In the first inning, yeah, it was Set, setting setting the mood, as they say. Yeah, it was it was not a good night. Uh, we we had a, we had a running joke the rest of the night in the Friends Fantasy Benefits staff chat because uh, Matt uh, Matt Adams or Smata, as most people know him. Uh, Put, uh, forgot to put in his lineup, so he scored zero uh, because he was taking care of his kids. And him and I were in a dead heat or dead competition uh, the whole the whole night because my my team was that bad that night. <laughs> so it was uh, it was not a good day. You for were me. trying to catch up to him. Yeah, yeah. So just, just giving everybody else a chance to kind of catch up in in the sta- overall standings of those. You're leagues. a nice guy like that, dude. Yeah, You're yeah. a nice guy like that. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So that's going to wrap us up. We'll be back next week. Justin, I hope you have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you later. Take it easy.